if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. The Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. We get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, and we are loaded up today. Coming up in less than a half an hour, we are going to talk with uh, Congressman Bob Gibbs, Ohio's seventh congressional district representative. He is going to be speaking at an event tonight in. Uh, uh, Avon, Avon Lake, actually, you and Avon specifically for the Avon, Avon Lake Republican Club meeting tonight. And we're going to talk to him about a whole host of things, including the upcoming presidential race and whether or not Congress is going to do anything to stop President Trump's executive order giving stimulus to, you know, COVID stimulus, COVID relief to America's families and to America's unemployed workers. President has done what Congress will not do. Congress, of course, is run at least on the House side, by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. So we're going to talk to Bob Gibbs about where that stands and more. That's coming up at 935 this morning. Very much looking forward to that. And uh, i, I got to tell you something. Um, we haven't had Jack Windsor yet this week, and I feel bad about that because Jack Windsor has been a weekly fixture on our program. So I'm reaching out to Jack, and I'm trying to find out if we can get him on the air today. I know he said he's very tight. Uh, if we don't get him today, we'll get him tomorrow. But Jack Windsor... Uh, has been doing some amazing work for the Ohio Star as well as uh, for WMFD Television down there in uh, uh, Mansfield. And we are expecting an announcement from Mike, Governor Mike DeWine today as part of his what has become twice-weekly coronavirus updates in Ohio. And Jack will be there asking questions, I know. So waiting to see if we can get Jack uh, back on the program today. Not 100% sure. I did reach out to him this morning and uh, he, if we don't get him today, I promise you we will get him tomorrow. I'm just checking real quick to see if I've actually confirmed on that uh, right now. And the answer to that is no, not just yet. So um, we'll hopefully have Jack on the program uh, today. And then uh, also coming up at 1010, as we always do, we will talk with Dr. Everett Piper. Thursday is a great day because it is Piper Day on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper is going to talk about one of his fellow evangelicals, a very prominent evangelical because he's the president of an evangelical Christian university, Liberty University, down in Lynchburg, Virginia. And Jerry Falwell Jr. is his name. He is in some trouble from a morals standpoint, and that has forced him to take a leave of absence uh, from uh, from uh, Liberty University and his responsibilities there. There is a strong push to remove him 
And uh, Dr. Everett Piper is going to be a part of that push, believe it or not. So we're going to talk to him about that as well as what our lead story is today. Dr. Piper is going to have some thoughts on Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris yesterday presented by uh, Joe Biden as his running mate for the presidency. As I said yesterday and will continue to repeat, you cannot view her through a typical vice presidential candidate lens. You have to view her, evaluate her, and vet her as if she were a presidential candidate because Joe Biden is not well. Joe Biden clearly, through his countless um, embarrassing gaffes, cannot seem to string two coherent thoughts together unless he's reading from a teleprompter, which he was yesterday during their introduction. There is a serious and significant concern that Joe Biden would not be able to finish his first term if he is elected president, which means you need to consider his vice president as a potential president. You always have to do that, but I mean in a much more um, desperate time right now. That might be the wrong word, but I ran with it. Uh, but because she is just in a in a more unique situation, you always have to say, "Is so and so ready to take over in the event?" Because you are a heartbeat away from the presidency. Blah blah blah. We hear that about vice presidents, of course, every cycle when tickets are completed. But in Kamala Harris's uh, condition or situation, rather, because of Joe Biden's condition, it is certainly much more uh, desperate uh, because she could be called upon very, very quickly in this to- in this term to serve as president. So. It's with that I want to start by pointing out that I did pronounce the name of Kamala Harris correctly, which is important apparently to Kamala Harris's friends and people on the left. You better call her Kamala. You better not call her Kamala because Kamala is an insult. Now, how do we know this? Well, Tucker Carlson made that mistake when he talked about her... uh, um, selection on Tuesday night. He did a big, long opening monologue in which he consistently called her Kamala Harris. It was pretty clear that was just what he thought the pronunciation was supposed to be because he said it about 18 times. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. It wasn't in a dig as a dig or anything else, but it was presented as such by the left, by the mainstream media, by CNN. They spent segments ripping their rival, Tucker Carlson, who, by the way, is eating their lunch in the ratings. They spent segments ripping Tucker Carlson, saying it was disrespectful and, drumroll please, you know it's coming, borderline racist to mispronounce Kamala Harris's name. It's Kamala and not Kamala. If you say Kamala, clearly you are a bigot and you are refusing to respect her name. Perhaps because it sounds foreign. Kamala is not a normal American name. She's not Jane. She's not Karen. So she's Kamala. And and if you can't say Kamala, if you say Kamala, you are clearly disrespecting her. Well, Tucker did a short follow-up on that CNN criticism yesterday and had the ultimate, and I do mean ultimate, ultimate defense for his mispronunciation of Kamala's name. And that defense came in the form of, as you can imagine, Joe Biden 
Please listen and prepare to laugh. All of CNN turned out last night to watch the show. One of them, who's paid by CNN to watch this alleged conspiracy, tweeted that we claim this was unintentional, but our show often does mispronounce the names of people we're critical of. It's the sort of thing on his show. It seems pretty intentional. Exclamation point. Then a senior political analyst at CNN even claimed the pronunciation was an attempt to play the victim in the story because Kamala Harris, quote, didn't appear on the scene yesterday, whatever that means. So, but the bottom line is, look, any criticism... I'm going to fix that for Tucker, because Tucker kind of butchered this, really, as he was reading the tweet from Kirsten Powers on screen. He really did butcher that. He, he wasn't reading it clearly. He just wanted to hurry up and get through the segment. I'm going to fix this for him, okay? And then I'll let you hear the rest. Kirsten Powers tweeted, It's just basic journalism to learn the correct pronunciation of names of leaders. It's not like Kamala appeared on the scene yesterday, so it's hard to believe it's unintentional. But, of course, somehow Tucker is the victim in this story. That's what the tweet from Kirsten Powers said, saying she didn't just appear on the scene yesterday, so there is no possible way that he just did it unintentionally, right? Now, here's the rest of that story. On the scene yesterday, whatever that means. So, but the bottom line is, look, any criticism of Kamala Harris is immoral. Anyone who so much as mispronounces her name is a racist. That's what they're telling you. So with that in mind, pretty amusing to watch old Joe Biden himself mispronounce Kamala Harris's name today. Watch. I told him I wanted to be the last person in the room before he made important decisions. That's what I asked Kamala. (laughs) On the day of his introduction of Kamala Harris as his vice presidential pick, A person with whom he, you would imagine, spent many, many hours in conversation with, right? Many, many hours of of vetting, of discussion, of kind of coming to an agreement on their policies, figuring out where they disagreed during the primaries, maybe working their way through that whole, hey, you opposed busing thing, and I was that little girl in California who was bused as the second class to integrate my public school. You would think they spent a ton of time together, and during that time that Joe Biden might have said the name Kamala a time or ten or a thousand in conversation, right? Or that his handlers would would at least have told him, by the way, Mr. Biden, Mr. Vice President, her name is Kamala, not Kamala. You would think that if anybody should get her name exactly right, it would be the guy who chose her to be his vice presidential running mate. One would think that would be pretty easy for him. But instead, Joe Biden, the last person in the room before he made important decisions. That's what I asked Kamala. (laughs) Tucker Carlson is the racist, says CNN. Tucker Carlson is a bigot, says CNN. Tucker Carlson did that intentionally to disrespect the leader who it's not as if she just burst onto the scene. She's been well-known. Tucker Carlson refused to give her the respect that she deserves. He kept calling her Kamala. And then Joe Biden introduced her as Kamala. You can't make this stuff up. Let's focus a little bit more on Kamala, shall we? Oh, I'm sorry, on Kamala. It'll be easier for me to remember than it is for Joe Biden. The left went out of their way yesterday to declare Kamala Harris 
not a member of them, not a member of the left, not a practitioner of far left policies. They tried to describe her yesterday in every way they could as a moderate. Um, The New York Times went so far as to write an entire article about her and tweet it this way. Breaking news. Senator Kamala Harris of California is Joe Biden's pick for vice president. A pragmatic moderate, she's the first black woman on a major party ticket. Only three problems with that short tweet. One, she's not pragmatic. Two, she's not moderate. Three, she's not black. She is of Jamaican and Indian descent. Her birth certificate says Indian and Caucasian, just to throw it out there. So whatever black means today, it's whatever the left needs it to mean. But the pragmatic moderate label? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's what they ran with. ABC, George Stephanopoulos. Kamala Harris comes from the middle of the road, moderate wing of the Democratic uh, Party. Not the first choice of progressives, but she-, Not, she comes from the middle of the road, moderate wing of the Democrat Party. Not the first choice of progressives. Chris Wallace, Fox News. Yeah, I think so. Uh, She did not do very well in the Democratic primaries, but that's for a variety of reasons. She didn't run a a great campaign. But, you know, she is not far to the left, despite what uh, Republicans are going to try to say. She is not far to the left, despite what Republicans are going to try to say. Let's ponder this for just a second here. Kamala Harris co-sponsored the Green New Deal, the 90-plus trillion dollar makeover of the entirety of the United States, an elimination of all fossil fuels, an elimination of capitalism. Uh, I mean, we've been through the Green New Deal now for two years. We all know what the Green New Deal is. is it's, it's Bernie Sanders and AOC's dream of a uh, communist utopia, essentially. She is uh, for a ban on fracking. She is for Bernie Sanders' socialist Medicare for all. She has called for defunding police. She says more police on the streets is just wrong. She is for sanctuary cities. She opposes a border wall. In what possible way, New York Times, is she a pragmatic moderate? In what way, George Stephanopoulos, does she come from the centrist, moderate wing of the Democrat Party? In what way, Chris Wallace, is she not far left? Mercedes Schlapp has a little bit of a different take. First of all, we know that Joe Biden has been inching to the left. And now with this pick of Kamala Harris, we clearly see see a complete socialist takeover of the Democrat Party. It's no longer our grandfather's Democrat Party in any way. Because as Brett Baer mentioned earlier, GovTrack rated Kamala Harris as the most liberal Mm -hmm. senator in the Senate. I mean, even more so than Bernie Sanders. And you just got to look at her record to know that she has moved moved so far to the left when it comes to issues like socialized medicine, being a co-sponsor for the Green New Deal, and also opposing President Trump's tax cuts. 
That's Mercedes Schlapp on CNN talking about, or I'm sorry, on Fox News, rather, uh, talking about uh, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is a further left senator than an avowed, committed, confirmed, admitted socialist Bernie Sanders. He was the gold standard of leftism in the United States Senate. He has been passed by Kamala Harris, and now Kamala Harris could be the next president. You heard me. View it this way. President of the United States. If that doesn't frighten you, um, you're not trying hard enough. 922, right back after this. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 927, we continue. AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. Congressman Bob Gibbs going to visit with us at 935 this morning. We'll talk about Kamala Harris. We'll talk about everything that's going on and that we are facing in this country right now. Before we do any of that, though, I really want to share this with you. I really wish I didn't have to. I wish this didn't exist. And I wish uh, that there was at least an ounce of integrity among the Democrat uh, candidates for president and vice president. <clears throat> but sadly, there is not. Uh, yesterday, as Joe Biden introduced Kamala Harris as his running mate in their first together, uh, first ever uh, press conference together, Joe Biden decided that he had to refocus the attack on Donald Trump as a racist in order to take the focus off of his enduring racism. In other words, he needed to recast Trump as the racist villain in this race, in this fight, because of weeks of his own racist statements. Asking a black reporter who had challenged him if he's on cocaine, if he's a junkie. Telling a, a black radio uh, uh, host that if you don't vote for me, if you ain't down with me, you ain't black. Telling them what blackness means. Telling black people what blackness means. And then saying not once but twice that unlike the African-American community, the Latino community is actually diverse in their ideas and their thoughts. Black, black people all think alike. So he's, his racism is coming back to haunt him in a very big way. So yesterday, he used the opportunity as he introduced his vice president woman of color. He used that opportunity to say, I'm not the racist, Trump is the racist. And he repeated what's known as the Charlottesville lie. He repeated it on national television yesterday, claiming that Donald Trump praised white supremacists and neo-Nazis as very fine people. Today, after uh, in, in a short while anyway, I am going to expose Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for what everybody already knows them to be. But a reminder, a refresher is, is certainly called upon or called for at this time. Bald-faced liars who are trying to do what liberal Democrats always do, project their own feelings, their own shortcomings, their own bad actions onto someone else. Whatever a liberal Democrat accuses you of doing, if you are conservative, just know automatically by default it is exactly what they themselves are doing, and they're trying to project it onto you. Bingo. That's exactly what they did yesterday in repeating the Charlottesville lie. We'll talk more about that coming up. But right now it's time for news. Then Congressman Bob Gibbs will join us on AM 1420, The Answer. 
All right, it is 9.35. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Don't forget, coming up, since it is a Thursday, it's Piper Day. Dr. Everett Piper will be with us at 10.10 this morning. We're looking forward to that conversation. I know the folks in Avon and Avon Lake are looking forward to something as well. Tonight at the Avon, Avon Lake Republican Club, uh, at their uh, regular meeting, they are going to be hearing from Congressman Bob Gibbs, Ohio's District 7 Congressman Bob Gibbs, and uh, they're going to be talking about all kinds of things uh, leading up. I love this, by the way, and I'll get to the congressman in just two seconds here. They're going to be talking about the election coming up. We're going to be talking about what to deal with COVID, what to do with COVID. We'll talk about schools. They'll talk about uh, uh, businesses and so on and so forth. But I love this. Just in the little promo, uh, please join us at the Avon, Avon Avon Lake Republican Club, welcoming U.S. Congressman Bob Gibbs. And then, uh, side note, bring some Goya foods. <laughs> I love that. Bring some food to share and make sure it's Goya foods because that is the best way to support President Trump and to support a strong U.S. company, uh, a company founded by Hispanics that is trying to be canceled or that uh, the left is trying to cancel rather because of the uh, owner and CEO's support of President Trump. Let's uh, bring Congressman Bob Gibbs onto the program now on AM 1420. The answer. Good morning, Congressman. How are you? Good morning, Bob. Glad to be with you. What are we bringing to the uh, meeting tonight? What what kind of Goya goods are you going to bring by to uh, help help the folks? Well, I didn't know that. I guess I'll have to go and stop and get some. But uh, <laughs> I think it's great, uh, you know. But we're going to talk about you know what's going on about how the left has has gone off the cliff. They've just gone you know absolutely crazy. They've lost their minds. And you know when they talk about wanting to defund the police and abolish the police and abolish ICE and not support law enforcement and 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 raise taxes by trillions of dollars and it just goes on and on and on and it's just uh, you know it's it's this year's been bizarre. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, it's and by the way, I want to point out the food isn't for the meeting for anybody who brings Goya foods to it tonight. It's not for the folks there. It's to be donated to community resource services. So it's to help uh, hungry people. Just to throw that out there. Uh, and what you just listed, Congressman. You just ran down the pol- the policy platform of Kamala Harris. Everything that she ran for president on back at the end of 2019, by the way, horribly, because she didn't even make it out of December. She suspended her campaign on December 3rd because she was polling in Democrat polls at about 2%. She was way yeah. down the bottom of the list. And everything that you just ran, that you just listed, she pretty much ran on and stands for. Uh, you know, she's anti-police. She's pro-sanctuary yep. city. She is. Uh, she yep. is. Uh, you know, she is uh, for uh, illegal immigration. She wants to get Medicare for all. She wants to do Green New Deal. All these different things you're talking about. She supports. And Congressman, I've been telling everybody since we heard the announcement and on in our program yesterday. You have to take this very, very seriously because she's unlike any other vice presidential candidate to sit on a ticket. Because never before have we had a presidential candidate at the top of that ticket be in such mental, uh, such a mental condition yeah. where it is believed by many, even in, in his own party, that he wouldn't be able to finish his first term. We have to vet her as a president, do we not? I totally agree, and, and uh, but what a pick! Uh, you know, she she's a co-sponsor of the Green New Deal, yeah. a two trillion dollar bill that just shut our economy down. As you said, she wants Medicare for all, eliminates private health insurance, so about 180 million people have have insurance through their employer. That would be all gone, and and people on uh, retired folks on Medicare would be a whole different program, and 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 she, and then on top of that, she wants to give free health care to illegal illegal immigrants. And then also she compared ICE to the KKK. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't like oil oil and ga- natural gas drilling. You know, she wants to ban fracking and horizontal drilling. Uh, 
Uh, that's what's made us energy independent and exporter of energy, number one energy producer in the world, and really helped our economy. Uh, you know, it, their radical base has just gone crazy. And, and, uh, and, and, and one of the biggest irony here is she used to be in law enforcement, and, she, and she's out here attacking the good men and women in law enforcement that, that protect us, our communities, and makes things safe. And, and you see what's happening in, in Portland, Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and elsewhere where they're not the elected, local elected officials aren't supporting law enforcement. And, and you saw the other day that the, the uh, police chief in Seattle resigned because he says, well, if you're not going to support what we're trying to do, trying to protect communities, uh, public safety, I can't be part of this. And, uh, you know, it's just incredible. And I think the American people are going to wake, are waking up to this uh, nonsense. And, you know, this is how things start that go bad, go, go bad in Venezuela. That's how it started. You know, it's get rid of the police, have anarchy and and uh you know it's a slippery slope and and these people are are uh you know too many of these people out rioting want to destroy this country and and uh, american people need to wake up so this election can be more most important election maybe in our history but in our lifetimes for sure there's no question about that and it's funny because i think i have said that literally every election over the course of the last 20 years that this is the most important election we'll ever have we cannot allow john Kerry to be president of the united states because of x y or z this is the most important election we've ever had we cannot allow you know barack obama and then of course we lost both of those two times and we say it each year and then last year i remember preaching it at speeches and on the air talking about how dangerous hillary clinton is but honestly, Congressman Gibbs, um, you know, I think they increase in importance and they increase in severity of the damage that can be done each every four years, especially yeah. now that Joe Biden, who used to actually occupy a, a seat in the kind of middle of the Democrat Party, a more moderate. But he has been pulled so far left by Bernie Sanders people because the Bernie boys, the Bernie brothers are not going to vote for him. They were they were furious when Bernie Sanders bowed out of the race and said they would not support Joe Biden unless. And so they put their little heads together and came up with their unity platform in which it is just every single liberal slash socialist slash on the road to communist ideal that any leftist has ever had. So this does make this more crucial than well, any election we've ever had. Well, I'll tell you, Bob, in the, in the United States House of Representatives, the Democrats, and even when we used to have some moderate ones, there's one or two left, they're scared to death of the AOC and the squad. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of the Bernie team, as you mentioned. And uh, they took out a couple in the primaries this this uh, last couple of months. And I've had some conversations with some of the ones that have been around for a while. They're more moderate, mainstream Democrats. And they're just scared to death uh, of, of, that, of that left-wing element. And they're running the Democratic Party, and they're taking them off the cliff. And I think that, you know, they're going to find out the consequences of what they're doing. But, you know, we have people now that have been elected to Congress on that side of the aisle that are proclaimed socialists, you know, the squad especially, and, and, or worse. And uh, they want to distribute the, the, the – they call the inequities, just, you know, wealth redistribution. Basically that, what that is is take from people that have worked hard for the, for, to, to uh, build, build their businesses and, and, and build net worth and distribute the people that, that just want to be on the, on the, on the uh, receiving end. And, uh, you know, that's a pyramid. That, that's not sustainable. That, that's not right. That's, it goes against all our, our, our principles this country was founded on. And uh, in this country, you know, we're such a philanthropic country. We give and help people that are in need, but we just don't take it from people that have been successful just to, to, so, they, so, they, so to equalize things. That, that's not how this system works, and that system doesn't work because socialism – creates shortages and, and, and ends up to uh, 
uh, tyrants coming to power, and uh, like happened with Venezuela. No question about it. We're talking to U.S. Congressman uh, Bob Gibbs, Ohio's 7th Congressional District Representative. Let me ask you a little bit about um, the direction now um, with respect to the pandemic um, and what the correct prescription should be going forward. It seems as though the virus is starting to work its way through the least vulnerable among us. It's starting to work its way through middle age and younger people. And of course, those people are not in danger. Most of them are going to be completely asymptomatic. If they do get sick, it's going to be very flu-like, and that is it. And then it's going to, you know, we're going to develop that herd immunity. But because the cases are starting to spread there, those who who seek to push fear and those who traffic in, in fear... Uh, are saying that, oh, my gosh, uh, it's a surge. It's another surge. Look at the number of cases. It's cases, cases, cases. Hospitalizations are down. There is no danger of overrunning hospitalization or overrunning hospitals, rather, with COVID patients. And the death rate continues to drop. The mortality rate continues to drop as the cases go through these non-vulnerable populations. So in your mind, Congressman Gibbs, what is the best way forward? Do we need to open our schools for all of these kids? Do we need to make sure that all of the restrictions that have been placed on businesses that are costing, taking such a huge economic toll, do we need to remove those? Uh, we, we need to move forward. And, and I'll tell you, uh, we need to open our schools up in classroom instruction. Now, if you've got a child that has underlying health conditions, uh, uh, you know, severe health problems, uh, Maybe they, they probably should stay home. You know, let, let, let's protect the vulnerable. And we saw that, you know, in, in the, back in the spring when, it, when this, came, when this uh, crisis started, uh, the elderly population, especially in the nursing homes, uh, the, the terrible situation that happened there. So we need to protect the vulnerable. But as you say, most people are, are healthy. It, it, they don't even get sick. They get sick. It's just for a couple of days, flu-like symptoms. And I've met a lot of those people. You know, we got a lot of young staff in Washington, D.C., and, and there's been some that, that had this spring, and they were sick for a few days, and, and, uh, and now some of them are actually donating plasma. Uh, and and uh, so you're right. It's moving through. Uh, the death rate and hospitalization rates across the country is trending down. And and uh, but there's the hysteria out there. The media scaring that that you know people to death is just is, is not helpful. And and some of that's you know obviously I think for political reasons too. No doubt uh, they think that shutting this economy down hurts Trump because we don't ever forget we had the best economy in our history before March first and, and, and uh, you know lowest unemployment and across all sectors Hispanics Black Americans women and all that and then of course this terrible China virus hit. And uh, they shut down the economy because we didn't know what it was and what the effect was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we've heard hospitals, we've heard restaurants, we've heard lots of businesses, the airline industry. I mean, it, you know, it's going to be a long time for some of this to come back. And and uh, but you know, we're seeing the economy opening up. It's slowly, in 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 spite of all the uh, efforts by the media and the far le- the left uh, to, to stop the economy from opening back up. Congressman Gibbs, uh, President Trump made a move this past weekend for executive orders designed to bring some relief to people who have suffered from the economic ramifications. You know, we all said, and I think the president said, we can't let the cure be worse than the virus. And yet it has been for so many. Um, And so he's, uh, you know, offered to expand unemployment by $400 uh, a week for uh, for uh, all Americans who are suffering through this. Three fourths of that to be paid by the federal government, a a fourth of it asked. Uh, by uh, by the states or asked of the states. Mike DeWine, by the way, for his point part in all this, said, yeah, we won't be doing that. They won't be kicking in their $100 a week. But the most important yeah. one 
is getting those checks in the hands of the people to stimulate the economy and to bring some relief. Your body yep. is supposed to do that. The House was supposed to be do, was supposed to do that, but as you know, uh, your leadership. Nancy Pelosi and uh, and her friends uh, wouldn't allow anything of the sort to go through unless there were just billions, in fact, trillions of dollars of bailouts and giveaways to their liberal causes. Um, well, they, the House, yeah, go Nancy, ahead. they passed a ridiculous bill, you know, several weeks ago of uh, over three trillion dollars. Three trillion. Yeah. We already done over, you know, we've done over three trillion, and 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 uh, I think a trillion of that hasn't even been spent yet. And and so they, you know, they wanted to do another huge cares legislation the day after we passed the, the first the, the you know the first one at three trillion and and uh it's all about spending more money and they want to bail out these these blue states that have been mismanaged for decades and and uh you know we're there's there's plenty of republican support out there uh to support communities and states that from that were hurt by covid for the for the covid cost okay but they they got a wish list in there to bail them out for all their things and, and create all new programs and you know billions of dollars to to have mail-in balloting, uh, billions of dollars to, to post office so they can, uh, you know, do their efforts for mail-in balloting. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And, and it, you know, it's just ridiculous. And, um, you know, the, the spending's out of control anyways. But, you know, we've done a lot to help people. And I think, you know, the $600 additional unemployment checks, uh, it, did, it was nice to get the money in people's hands. But the problem is, Lots of people, if you're making less than fifty or $60,000 a year, you're making more to stay home when you add the state and mm-hmm. federal. So going on the 400 makes a lot of sense. I think the president uh, was a smart thing what he did because he's trying to circumvent uh, Pelosi and Schumer, who's, who's sitting on their hands, don't want to do anything except make the president look bad. And that's what it's all about is defeating President Donald Trump in November 3rd. And, and so they can get, come into power. And, and come up with all these new programs of higher taxes, more regulations, uh, and, and and just destroy this economy, destroy jobs, destroy opportunities, and and uh, really destroy this country. So, you know, I can't I can't say enough how important this election is. If you want to get back to where we were, we get this pandemic under control, and and people get back to work in the economy. You know, as President Trump says, we'll have the best economy next year, uh, but it it'll be 180 degrees different if. Uh, Joe Biden and, and Pamela Harris are in the White House, and they still control the House. Uh, you know, we'll see your 401ks just go in the in the dumpster, um, and you'll see unemployment jumped up and opportunities, and and, our, and you'll see our adversaries around the world, Iran, China, Russia, North Korea, take advantage of us like you wouldn't believe. And uh, this president is standing up to all that, and I believe the world's safer because of the initiatives we've done. He's done. I concur. uh, In spite of the efforts. It is extraordinarily important to know everything that has been done. It's a lot of it's easy to forget, I think, during the pandemic and the uh, recession, if you will, that came because of it. It's uh, it, it's important to try to recall exactly what had happened in the first three plus years of the Trump presidency. The economy soared to heights we haven't seen in decades. Uh, joblessness uh, was at an all time low in all of the different demographics, racial demographics, sexual demographics and on and on and on down the line. People need to remember that President Trump built that with his deregulation and low tax policies. And it's something that he will rebuild once this pandemic is completely controlled. Congressman Bob Gibbs laying it all out for us. Uh, thank you so much. Have a good time tonight. Bring some Goya Foods out there to help the, the, the hungry uh, at Avon Avon Lake tonight, uh, Congressman, and have a great time. 
Okay, thank you. Take care. Thank you. God bless. Appreciate that. That's Congressman uh, Bob Gibbs. Again, if you are uh, in Avon, Avon Lake, the Avon, Avon Lake Republican Club meeting is tonight at 7 p.m. at Red Tail uh, Golf Club. And uh, Bob Gibbs will be the speaker. They are also going to present the Sheriff's Department of Lorain County with a proclamation of support. That's important to know. And again, if you are going to be out there and if you attend this, bring some Goya foods as they continue to try to help feed the hungry. Quick time out right back on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, I want to try to squeeze this in now, but I probably can't. I, I told you in the um, at the end of the last half hour going into the news that when Joe Biden repeated the Charlottesville lie yesterday in his introduction of uh, Kamala Harris as his uh, running mate, um, it, it's it's the worst of politics. It's the worst of of uh, uh, you know of, of dishonesty. Joe Biden knows full well the same thing that even every liberal organization has admitted that the idea that Donald Trump praised white supremacists in Charlottesville as very fine people is a flat-out lie. Even liberal organizations have, have reported the truth since that complete lie and bastardization of what Donald Trump said was practiced after Charlottesville three years ago. I'm going to play for you, and I'm going to wait until 10.30 after we talk to Dr. Everett Piper so I can give it not only... Uh, Joe Biden's full remarks yesterday about this and give it the context. But I want to play for you the full Trump comments at that press conference that he was lying about. So I'm going to save this rather than squeeze it in before the top of the hour. Uh, that'll be coming in at 1030 after we talk to, to uh, Dr., Dr. Everett Piper. You're not going to want to miss that. I also want to give you this real quick. This is perhaps the best. I hate Twitter so much with a passion. This is perhaps the best use of Twitter that I've seen in a long time. Are you ready for this one? This is just flat-out brilliance. Brett, who is a regular listener and a regular contributor online to a lot of what you know what I do, Brett Callantine uh, wanted to clear up the pronunciation of Kamala Harris's name because some people have said Kamala, which is what she prefers apparently, and some have said Kamala, okay, which is what Tucker Carlson said and then got accused of being a racist for except for the fact that Joe Biden then went on to do the same thing, called her Kamala. So Brett Callantine on Twitter decided he was going to help us out. And I got to tell you, this is, the, this is, like I said, this is the best use of Twitter that I have seen. It's easy to remember, says Brett. It's Kamala, as in communist, not Kamala, as in capitalist. That, my friends, is absolutely outstanding, and I can't hear that very well. Doggone it. I keep, uh, I'm in a different studio today, so I'm not, uh, I don't have all of the right buttons pushed all the time, but that was a can you dig it. Can you dig it? That was a can you dig it for my man Brett in in Cleveland. Uh, It's Kamala as in communist, not Kamala as in capitalist. It should be easy to remember that way. Uh, George Ann is in Willoughby. We'll take this real quick before the top of the hour. Hi, George Ann. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. I uh, how are you? And I'm I'm great. 
uh, today. I, I just wanted to call and uh, give my comments about Bob Gibbs. I love that you have him on, and I hear him often as a congressman. He's not even my congressman. My congressman is Dave Joyce, who I never hear from uh, or anybody else hears from. I, I call him my invisible congressman here from uh, Lake County. And um, I, I've written to him uh, as far back as June 12th, and I haven't heard a peep. The only time I hear from him is when I get campaign literature for contributions. And I would like to see him out there defending Trump and Trump's legislations and uh, not not necessarily DeWine, because I'm disappointed in what DeWine has been doing. But that's that's my comment. I just wanted to... Well, I, I you that. know what? I appreciate that. Yeah, and I, I appreciate activist congressmen as well, congress members. I appreciate those who are... Uh, very vocal and uh, very upfront with their people, very transparent with their constituents about what they're doing. And uh, I don't live in Lake County, so I don't have a firsthand knowledge of exactly how much Dave Joyce does, but I hear a lot from a lot of people uh, and a lot of members of Congress who are very, very vocal and who are very, very active in trying to advance the agenda of the, uh, uh, you know, the capitalist agenda and the small government agenda of uh, the conservative faction of the Republican Party. And I do not hear a peep out of Dave Joyce in that uh in that uh in that field. So I do appreciate and understand exactly what you're saying. All right, it's uh ten oh one, we're gonna get the news and on the flip side, Dr. Everett Piper will be joining us on AM fourteen twenty the answer.